0: You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production.
1: We run four to six week swim programs all season long. And even in the off season, I mean, starting in November, going all the way through the start of tri season. And that's where most athletes need the most instruction and help and just guidance. Like you can't see yourself swim. So a lot of people don't even know what their swim looks like, what they're doing wrong, what they can do to improve it's really hard to watch a YouTube video and then just like try to follow it next time you're in the pool. So we've started offering um, virtual swim lessons where athletes can have somebody videotape them swimming in the pool. Ideally from a couple different angles, you don't need an underwater camera or a GoPro. You can literally use your iPhone. I know a lot of athletes have asked the lifeguard to do like one quick shot of them, or they've propped up their phone at the end of the lane and just done like a selfie video. And then they send it to the coach. The coach reviews it. They set up a zoom call. They do a full discussion.
0: That was Alison Kraut This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the move. Each week I will be inviting interesting, innovative, Hello, Marnie on the Move listeners. Welcome and welcome back. I am on my way to my last triathlon of the summer. I'm off to Ironman 70.3 and I'm super excited because I just can't wait to see what's going to go wrong, but I'm really being optimistic. And today's guest is my first triathlon training coach, Allison Kreideweiss, who is the co-founder and head coach of Empire Tri Club, New York City's go-to triathlon training group. And she's also a two-time Team USA triathlete and has major wins and accomplishments along the way. Before we dive into our conversation, shout out to my sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. And use our code CHEERSMARNI for 25% off. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. Now, back to our guest. On this episode, Dr. Corey Niyamura and I sync up about mental health as it relates to endurance sports, racing, and training, the pandemic, and... Shout out to my sponsors, Inside Tracker. She really was my first triathlon coach, which is so funny because it was so long ago. And I feel like, you know, she obviously did something right because I'm still doing it. And when I've worked with them along the years with Empire Tri Club, and I just really love their group, their community, their social events, and if you you have any interest in getting into triathlon, they're perfect for people who don't have a ton of experience, but they also offer running and cycling and all kinds of fun things that you can drop in and, you know, be part of. I caught up with Allison a while ago earlier this summer, and I hope that some of the programs are still happening. I think her her swim class might not be happening but you know if enough people checked in with her and it was a big enough party they might be able to stay a little longer before we do a deep dive into the conversation don't forget please leave a review on apple it's easy go to your app look at our episodes click through you'll see the stars click on five stars and then Tell us what you love. There's an opportunity for you to write right away, write a novel. (laughs) Uh, And also, if you like what you're listening to, please share it in your social feeds on LinkedIn, wherever you like to share and tag us because we like to see you out there putting the feedback out into the universe to let us know that you like what we're putting down. Yeah, and that's it. And sign up for our newsletter. Here we go. So without further ado, <laughs> I introduce you to Allison Crydevice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I feel like I've been wanting to have you on since I started three years ago. Well, thank you for having me too. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> well, this is an exciting venture of yours. I, you know, I've been following all, along a little bit. It seems like you've had some great conversations with different people and yeah, what what prompted you to to go into the whole podcast biz- business?
0: Well, I wasn't really thinking of it as a business. You know, I was just really thinking of it as a way for me to connect with people that I think are doing cool things, that are thought leaders, that are game changers and really it was to fuel my personal interest in learning, adventuring, discovering and then you know, once I started, it just kept going. And I love it so much. I mean, it's like the highlight of my day. I love talking to cool people and just bringing this information and great companies and brands and products to people around the world. So thank you for listening. (laughs) How do you even like I've known you probably since maybe a year after you started your company?
1: Yeah, I feel like probably 2011 or so, 2012. You were my first coach. You were my first triathlon coach. (laughs) Good. I mean, and you're sticking with it. Yeah. it, It couldn't have gone too terribly, right? No, I mean,
0: it was awesome. I mean, you really gave me some great coaching advice and great training and got me to a place where now I'm, you know, really into the sport. and doing 17.3 triathlons, you know, and Olympics and running. And now I'm really into riding, cycling, century-type rides. So thank you. That's awesome. I know we we used to meet up at the pool a lot, like random
1: pools on the Upper West Side and Chelsea Piers, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) I, I don't even know, like, where we met or how we met. I was trying to figure it out before we hopped onto the call today. Do you remember?
1: No, I'm guessing it was like one of the expos, like probably the multi-sport world expo or. Yeah. uh, Just because that's where we, at that time, met so many different people. Um, But maybe not, I honestly don't remember either. I know. I,
0: (laughs) I mean, it could have been like out in Central Park. I meet a lot of people in the park. And then I was thinking, yeah, I mean, we were in search of a pool. I mean, that could have been like. A whole story in and of itself. I think there was a time where we were trying to find like the best pools in New York City to swim because there really, there really weren't a lot of great spots. I mean, what was the cycle? What was the uh, triathlon landscape like when you guys first launched Empire Tri Club?
1: It was a lot different than it is right now. Uh, and not just because of COVID. I think the whole scene has evolved a lot. The the funny thing is the struggle back at the time was where to swim, and the struggle continues. It's really? still the question yeah. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean there was definitely more sizable clubs at that time. I think a lot has transitioned to um, indoor facilities. Like I know Tailwind and T two opened, which both offered comp trainer classes. So that was something new that didn't exist when we started. Um, there has been a shift to more online programming and national organizations as opposed to just local clubs. So many of the coaches that have thrived throughout the pandemic are ones that have either either shifted to a primarily digital uh, presence or have really developed their one-on-one coaching. Um, There have been a few clubs who have kept with the community-focused New York City based or, or outer borough based, um, you know, team atmosphere, but obviously that's shifted a lot because of COVID too. So we're still, you know, we, we did a lot to reinvent ourselves last year. It was a struggle. We're, we're trying to figure out how we can retain some of the the cool things that we've implemented, but also shift back to more of an in-person community focused, team, because I think that's what people crave right now. Yeah, I think so. Isolation. And it's like, well, they want to put big things on their bucket list and like get back to not just working out in their living room. It's a great option, but it's not the same at the same time.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, before we dive into like what people are doing now, take me back. How did you come up with the idea to launch Empire Tri Club and when did you launch and where did that all begin for you?
1: So I had experience working at a triathlon store right out of college, not just in the retail front, but as a project manager. So I was pretty involved with launching their Tri Club and their sponsored athlete program uh, out of SBR Multisports back in 2006. So I did have a couple years of experience of like building a club, understanding how it works, developing a sponsored athlete team, bridging relationships with different brands and sponsors. And I really, I got so much out of that personally, that it was something that even when that job um, was something that I decided to move on from, I I knew that was a big part of my life and something that I wanted to reintroduce at some point when it was the right time again.
0: And you were a triathlete so, at the time, right? Or you were? Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean since high school I've been doing them but you know I did it on a hybrid I wore sneakers I didn't you know there was no tri gear there were no wetsuits it was just kind of like oh let's let's do this one random race every year and when you work at for a triathlon organization you start to get hooked that's the year I did my first olympic I signed up for a half ironman which I thought was the craziest thing on earth and then before you knew it, I got roped into doing the New York City Marathon and I signed up for Ironman Lake Placid on a whim. Like you just kind of, when you're surrounded by crazy people that do crazy things, you just kind of get sucked into it. Yep. So <laughs> it's contagious. What, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I I did Escape from Alcatraz and I did like all these crazy things that I never really expected to do um, and, and loved it. So I just kept going with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then you started the Empire Tri Club out like along the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, I took a few years um, after leaving my previous job to I, I knew I wanted to be more on the forefront and not just in the back scenes of organizations. So I got certified as a personal trainer, as a swim coach, as a triathlon coach. I, I started teaching group fitness classes and Um, ended up working part-time at Equinox, uh, teaching group fitness, as well as um, team for kids. So I was a New York Roadrunners coach for a period of time. So I started getting more involved with the coaching side of things, both group and one-on-one for about a two to three-year period before I launched Empire, because I wanted the experience. I I didn't want to just launch something and be like the back-end admin person anymore. I kind of wanted to to have a little bit more knowledge of like how I could be involved with like the experience of the athletes and and like actually being hands-on.
0: Empire Tri Club now really specializes in working with beginner and new athletes, but you also work with a lot of top, you know, podium placing age groupers as well. So talk to me a little bit about your coaches and your programming and, you know, just give me the scoop on Empire Tri Club and where you are now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we originally just
1: started with a club and then we realized pretty quickly that like the bigger market for us was not triathletes who had already had some exposure to the triathlon scene, but it was really those athletes who were taking spin classes. They were signing up for New York Roadrunners races. They were people who were into athletics, but had never put it all together. So we started really targeting single sport athletes more so than triathletes who already has some sort of influence or exposure to the sport and and other organizations. So we decided to to go that route and launch a beginner program. And the beginner program has really become one of our most popular programs because it's a non-intimidating atmosphere for people to get started because they don't feel like they're jumping into this group of Ironman athletes.
0: Yeah. I have to say that my experience training with Empire Tri Club, when I have and when I did, and I'll pop into a bike every now and then, but was that everybody was just so welcoming from the coaches to the other athletes. And it was super social. And like, it wasn't, it was just really like a cool environment. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm glad
1: that you had that experience because that's what we're going for. We don't want to segregate like the beginners and the elites, like we want everybody to get to know each other, regardless of how fast you can run the mile, how, what your swim pace is like at the end of the day, we're all part of a team and whether you're fast or slow or new or completely seasoned athlete, like it's really important that um, everybody can learn from each other and just gets to know each other as human beings. So we try to, you know, have the beginner program athletes meet on the same days and the same times as the club. So they get to know the club members and not just beginners. Right. So that when they finish their program and decide to join the club, they already know athletes on the team. They've already been introduced to, okay, well, this is a really seamless transition. It's not like, Oh my God, now, now that I've done this beginner program and only done a Sprint or an Olympic, the club is like all these Ironman elite athletes. It's actually not like that at all. Yeah we we have so many athletes who transition from the beginner program into the club and slowly some of them stick with short distance races and, you know, are are comfortable kind of not necessarily taking it to whatever next level right. it might be. Um, other athletes get like swept into it and they end up signing up for, for more advanced races and getting kind of roped into things. But everybody's come from the same starting point, right? It's not like, you know, it's this big segregated, like elite athletes versus beginners. We kind of all blend together.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's really great. I think it's important because it can be really overwhelming and daunting for someone who's maybe a runner or a swimmer or a cyclist or someone who's just coming out of a spin class. Like you said, who's like new to this world of triathlon to even, imagine you know doing a full Ironman and you know to find to find their groove in the sport and it can be it can be super overwhelming so I think it's great to kind of have that community and you also had a lot of group social events which were you know when you are a triathlete especially most people you know think you're nuts because you spend a good portion of your life training because you love it but nobody else can understand that. So it's good to have other people that also are yeah. like nuts and training because I, I mean, and even now today, you know, I don't know, like 14 years later, or is it 10, 10 years later, people still think I'm nuts because I spend my entire weekend training, but I've got a yeah. whole community of other nuts people. So it's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like you just go off on your own yeah. all weekend, every weekend. It's, you integrate that into your social life. So you're meeting up with friends, you're chatting the whole way up to the bridge, you stop for coffee halfway and like reconnect. So it becomes just like a part of your social life, Yeah. but a very active, healthy way to socialize and, you know, not just... Trust me, all of us triathletes are not just by ourselves, like with our head down in our arrow bars all day. I mean, you have two
0: kids, you're married, like you've got this business, you have a lot going on. I mean, you're still doing triathlons. (laughs) No excuses.
1: I know. And actually, I don't think I've told you this yet. You're pregnant. um, No, I'm kidding. I am.
0: I (laughs) I love it. That's oh, awesome. baby number
1: three coming in October.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how old are your, your two sons now that you have? Because I feel like I remember when your first son was born. And yeah, how old are they? <laughs> it's so long.
1: Four and seven. Four
0: and seven. Yeah. Wow. They're, They're so, so cute. And- oh, my God. You used to bring them to all the triathlons, especially to, um, <laughs> to all the dinners and everything. They're so cute.
1: Yeah. No, thank you. They, um, they have a lot of fun with it. Like they've grown up thinking and knowing that a team and triathlon and all this endurance stuff is like a normal part of life. So they're definitely like getting involved themselves. Uh, you know, one is like swimming, like a fish and on the track team, the other is like kind of learning how to swim, but like, he's a total water kid. Like this past weekend, he jumped off the diving board 50 times in a row can't swim yet but like with his little noodle you know so definitely like love being outdoors and and staying
0: active empire tri club is is back in action for the summer i mean it looks like you guys have your open water swim programs your what are some of the programs that you're offering right now with empire tri club in new york city specifically in person
1: We are running our club as, you know, like back to the extent that we had prior to COVID in that we're continuing to host a Monday night bike ride, a Tuesday night in-person group strength class, a Thursday night run, which typically focuses on like speed work, interval training, you know, any sort of structured workout. And then twice a month, we host a Saturday group ride. So on Saturdays, twice a month, we meet and do a longer bike ride or a brick workout where we go over the George Washington Bridge. Typically, we also are doing, we're back to hosting our open water swim clinics, which we're really excited about, you know, due to dealing with like the New York City Parks Department and like having to coordinate this with like a lot the larger, you know, the city, the state, the parks, all that. We're, we are being forced to restrict the size of our events this year. Normally, we have like 100 to 150 athletes at each event, um, which have grown from when wow. when we started. We had like 20 people. I know. I'm thinking like
0: I'm going to meet you at Brighton and go for a swim with like 20 people. <laughs> but now that it's like 100 people, I, that sounds even more Interesting. <laughs>
1: this year we are sizing them down because of COVID restrictions that are still in place. And we're, we're putting a million safety precautions in place as well. We are back to running in-person events three to four times a week, which is great. What a couple things that we transitioned to over COVID that we are still able to offer, which is kind of exciting, is that this past winter, we hosted a full indoor cycling program over Zwift, which is an indoor. Um, a lot of people will have uh, like purchase an indoor trainer that they can put in their apartment or in their home and ride their own bike and follow. We created team events, so it would be like you, your avatar was racing virtually with all your teammates on the screen. So we we are still continuing to host some virtual rides, especially when the weather's not nice. Uh, Last year, we transitioned to hosting like a ton of virtual classes, like we did a weekly Zoom strength class. So we now have an extensive library of recorded strength workouts that when somebody joins the club, we can say like, well, you have access to this in-person class every Tuesday, but if you can't make it, why don't you choose one of the pre-recorded workouts from last year in our Zoom library so you don't just skip a workout? So it's enabled us to offer more even if athletes can't attend what we're currently running,
0: which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's a great Um, silver lining, right? From COVID. I mean, like this digital programming. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think the reality is everybody craves
1: real in-person connection. So as much as we did the virtual stuff to kind of bridge the gap with COVID uh, I think it's really been beneficial to transition to, to live in-person experiences again, But you know what? You do what you can. You make the most of the situation. I think the reality is we really helped people get through COVID who otherwise were isolated in their homes, in their apartments, going stir crazy. They had a community. We launched a team communication app so that athletes are able to communicate via text regularly with one another. And go to a mobile device for the calendar of events and for group notices and stuff. So that's been really helpful. We're slowly as a world getting out of this COVID situation and, you know, races, it's been a slow start to the season, but in the last month, things have really ramped up. So we're hoping that it just continues to trend that way.
0: And so how are you bringing athletes from the mental and physical space of being indoors and not really training for endurance events to getting back to it without getting injured and in a way that they can safely return to endurance sports yeah I mean we
1: as a whole come up with a group training schedule and a race calendar okay and a way to safely do that, that we're implementing this year, as well as past seasons is we don't just start out by putting a half Ironman on the calendar in June. Right. I think that's a really, um, you know, for a seasoned athlete or somebody who has a very dedicated open training schedule to, to load a lot on, or a pretty strong athletic background, that's fine. Yeah. But for your average athlete and also for people who've may not have been swimming regularly or used a bike during all of COVID or, you know, everybody's been in a different situation and their training has been affected. So we're kind of ramping into the season slowly by, you know, putting a virtual race on the calendar and then a sprint try. And then by mid July, there'll be your first Olympic. And we're kind of building towards a half iron at the end of the season, which is optional. The race that we chose actually has the option to do, an Olympic, a sprint, a half, a aquabike, a swim run. So there's lots of different which options. Which race are you doing? Which one? The Tough, the tough Man Try Championships race.
0: So,
1: Got it. Are you going to be there?
0: No, I don't. I don't think it's on my radar. I'm doing. I, well, so I'm doing a half iron in July, which okay. is Muscle Man. And awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. And then I signed up for Temperament because, well, I mean who wouldn't sign up for Timberman? It's the best <laughs> half Ironman in the Northeast. So yeah. I think they changed the swim, but I'm so psyched. And we are actually, I didn't, I don't count anything less than the 70.3, but I actually forgot we're doing an Olympic in June in Connecticut at the quasi uh, amusement park, the Pat Kriskis race. Oh, cool. Good stuff. It's so mellow. its It's a great yeah. beginner race. I love that race. So, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, no, we were looking into that. I think our athletes decided to do a, like a sprint down at the Jersey shore. Instead, um, just because a little bit less logistics, a little bit closer to home and a shorter distance race, but, um, yeah, so we kind of ease into the season and we give lots of options so that if athletes have not been able to properly swim train and want to stick to just doing duathlons this season, great. There's options for you. We're not going to throw you into a pool or throw you into the, you know, lake or ocean feeling unprepared. Everything this season is about, you know, getting rid of all expectations, just re-emerging into competitive events again, even if it's just for fun, it's, it's getting back out there. Right. So we're really trying to encourage our athletes, like don't have expectations on pace and times and, beating you know PRing and beating past race results like make the season just about you know like you had your pre-COVID PRs and now you're gonna have your post-COVID season of PRs I mean not even I can't even say post-COVID but I mean even even
0: I kind of like pieced out on training the past year I mean I, I kind of I do something every day to move but I definitely wasn't thinking about pace or training and actually like went on super long bike rides, including lunch. And like, that is never something I would do in a million years if yeah. I was training for a triathlon. So that was, you know, I think, yeah, everyone kind of shifted gears.
1: Yeah. I mean, my pool shut down and I only recently rejoined again, like two weeks ago. So I, you know, I've been swimming my whole life, so it's, it hasn't been too big of a struggle right. to get back to swimming, but for someone who's maybe learned as an adult or does not have swim experience, it, it's tough to get back in that you're out of breath. You're, you know, like it's, it's a lot tougher to just jump back in. Cause it's such a skill focused sport. You can't yes. just muscle through the swim. And I know a lot of pools, it's really hard to get reservations. And a lot of them are limiting your swim time to only yeah. 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And especially if you're training for a longer race, you can't, Fit your whole swim workout in in thirty minutes. It's just no. not possible. So it's kind of like a do what you can, make yeah. the best of the situation. Still,
0: I mean that's what we've been doing. Our pool allows fifty minutes, and you know I have a whole training program that I'm like following. But at the same time, with the swimming, it is what it is. Like fifty minutes as much as I can get in from the workout. You know I cut out a little bit of the warm up. I shave off a little bit of the cool down. I try to just get the focus of the workout in. And, um, but I'm not worried because, you know, I've been swimming a long time and a, yeah. a mile is really, you know, not a big deal when, you know, I, I, now I can say that 11 years later when I couldn't even swim, you know, 50 meters. I didn't even know how, like, I, I don't know even how I windsurf my whole life cause I didn't know how to swim, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other topic. But, um, yeah. I also noticed that you're doing uh, swim evaluation. So if people can go to the pool and sort of take photos of themselves swimming or video, you guys can sort of look at it and give them tips and advice and insight on how to improve their technique. Are you doing that still? Yeah, that is something that has emerged through COVID and we're continuing
1: to offer. It's not a big piece of our business, but because so many people, we typically run four to six week swim programs all season long. And even in the off season, I mean, starting in November going all the way through the start of tri season And that's where most athletes need the most instruction and help and just guidance. Like you can't see yourself swim. So a lot of people don't even know what their swim looks like, what they're doing wrong, what they can do to improve. It's really hard to watch a YouTube video and then just like try to follow it next time you're in the pool. Yeah. So we've started offering um, virtual swim lessons where athletes can have somebody videotape them swimming in the pool ideally from a couple different angles, you don't need an underwater camera or a GoPro. You can literally use your iPhone. I know a lot of athletes have asked the lifeguard to do like one quick shot of them, or they've propped up their phone at the end of the lane and just done like a selfie video. And then they send it to the coach. The coach reviews it. They set up a zoom call. They do a full discussion on breaking down their stroke talking about, you know, different areas for improvement, what they can be focusing on. The coach will follow up with like a handful of drills and tips to work on as well as a swim set before their next session. We do them in packages of two because I think virtually since you don't have the immediate feedback of like somebody standing on the pool deck telling you to work on what to work on immediately, I think it's helpful to have at least two back and forths of like, here's my video. Okay. Go work on this. Okay. Here's another video. This is the improvement. Okay. Here's some additional things to work on. So we do them in, in packages of two. And, and now we're starting to do um, private open water swim lessons and um, in-person private pool sessions. If somebody has access to a pool. Oh, so which have been like through the roof this spring, I think this past, we have at least 40 private open water sessions booked at this point. Uh, I was going to say the
0: open water lessons are key because I feel like open water swimming and pool swimming are like two totally different sports. It's like, you know, the open water swimming gets you, I mean, the pool swimming gets you into a space where you feel confident breathing in the water and having that kind of aerobic feeling. But the open water swimming is like, I don't know, it's like going from the treadmill to like the jungle on a trail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what it feels like to me i get in the water that's a and great I'm like, analogy i want to use that <laughs> who like who what kind of stroke do you need to like get through the current out in long beach in the mighty hampton swim i don't know but you know in a perfect world it's flat it's beautiful it's clear but that's not what training is all about racing is all about right
1: Yeah. And to be honest, the way that we coach our pool sessions is very different than the way we coach an open water session. We focus on very different things. Pool sessions tend to be more technique and stroke driven. Open water sessions tend to be more real life practical in a race setting, you know, how do you sight how do you cope with things like waves and currents and sunlight that might be blinding you swimming into people and getting swam over and that those kind of elements so we do more like practical race scenarios as opposed to just like specific drills to improve your stroke right um so i mean athletes can certainly benefit from both they're very different yeah
0: i think and do you also i remember pre covid bc you were offering drop-in opportunities for people who wanted to, and I think that's how I would probably and how I have historically engaged with Empire Tri Club where I would like drop into a ride because I didn't want to go to Nyack by myself and I like having that group environment or you know, going over to Brighton and swimming with you guys. So are you still offering that or how does it work and...
1: Yeah, we always we offer a free two-week trial for anybody who wants to come for a full two weeks and get a sense of what the team is all about. We want to make sure that Empire is the right fit for an athlete. We're not just here to say, like, we'll take anyone and everyone, come join our team. Like, we want it to be the right atmosphere and the right fit. Some athletes who have a different focus or goal in mind, like, there's plenty of different coaches and, and teams out there that... Uh, you know, it, it needs to be the right fit, both with your schedule, both with like just the vibe and the personality and whatnot. So free two week trial to check out our bike workouts, strength workouts, um, our run workouts throughout the week. And then a lot of our programs, we offer a la carte drop-ins. So like you were saying, like all of our open water swim clinics are free for club members. But if you're not a member, you can just pay to participate in that one day clinic. Right. So there are certainly drop-in opportunities without committing to like a full year membership. Uh, So those I I think are very good kind of gateways to like for an athlete to to get a little bit of exposure and to get help where they need it the most and see if it's a good fit before committing.
0: Right. And you have um your, are you only in New York City right now? Like you've I know that historically you've been primarily in New York City in terms of your coaches and training, but have you expanded to other cities or locations? So the the primary
1: club is New York City-based and we do most of our workouts in Manhattan. That being said, um, it's evolved a lot over the years. Um, as we were talking about in the beginning, how the whole triathlon scene has evolved. Right. We, some of our coaches that we've been working with for nearly 10 years have since moved to other cities and continue to coach for us. So they work with a lot of one-on-one athletes who are based, uh, you know, either the coach is based in another city like San Francisco, and it's a New York City-based athlete, or we will work with athletes who don't necessarily live in the New York metro area. We've worked with athletes in Connecticut, Florida, Nebraska, California, you know, different areas where so much of what we can offer is virtual that we can still create a very comprehensive plan and have all of the communication and not necessarily be in the same location but our, our group sessions are New York City based and then
0: you work with athletes like on training peaks and you can do yeah. like you do the traditional you know programs that athletes can download to their training peaks or you do one-on-one coaching where you which, which is what we did way back when and you, yeah you, but also like not always in person, but we would do like a 15 minute phone call at the beginning of the week, and then you would upload my workouts and all the training stuff as well. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, we have a couple of plans that our coaches have created that we just offer, you know, on Training Peaks that you can purchase. But other than that, every single one of our training plans is 100% customized to the athlete. We don't just stick an athlete on a, a stock plan, even if it's something we've created. We customize it. We follow up with, you know, regular communication. We adjust the plan based on how the athlete's responding to the the training. Um, if they have, you know, travel or like a crazy work or home schedule that it involves, uh, you know, needing to have their plan modified. We don't just assume that every athlete is equally good at swimming, biking, and running, right. we will tailor that to an athlete's where we see they, they need the most improvement and the most support and not necessarily overload them with workouts in an area where they're already pretty strong.
0: Do you, how do you know, like, you're an athlete, what the best path is for you? What are some of the things as an athlete, if you're looking to get into triathlon, yeah, to get started, like, what should you consider? What are some big things to think about?
1: I think a big thing is your lifestyle and your training preferences. Are you somebody who thrives in a group setting and you really need the community support of teammates and group workouts, or do you really thrive by just having that one-on-one communication with a coach who's going to customize something for you? If if you're not somebody who's going to attend any of the group sessions or really get involved in the community, then one-on-one is really the, the best way to go. Um, we we also offer opportunities where we combine the two, where somebody who's a club member also works one-on-one with a coach. So they can benefit from the group workouts and the community atmosphere, but also have a little bit more one-on-one support. So the coach can customize those sessions to best suit their needs for their races and training plan. And I think another big piece of it is what event you're training for. So if you're somebody who doesn't, who who comes into the season with a pretty blank slate and is open to participating in races that our plan, that we provide club members with trains for, then it could be a great fit. But if you're somebody who's got, you know, completely different races on your schedule or very specific goals. Um, for example, if you're training for an early season Ironman or the national championships, or if, if you um, are dealing with past injuries or a crazy work schedule, then it's really best to work one-on-one and have something a little bit more custom tailored to you, right. as opposed to just joining in with a club where a hundred athletes are connected to the same plan that may not fit your needs.
0: And now, how many athletes and coaches do you have? I know you've grown this business from having twenty people, like you said, show up at a swim to hundreds. And you know, I also understand that COVID just happened, but. <laughs> At your peak time, you know, during a big triathlon season, what is your average amount of athletes that you'll have cycling through the club? No, I'm happy to share. I mean, we, yes, we were hit pretty hard over
1: COVID. I mean, I think at one point our our club peaked at like 150 athletes. It's down a little bit from now, from that now, but it's it's certainly starting to climb back up. We'll typically work with anywhere from 15 to 20 privately coached athletes a season too. I, you know, and not only that, a lot of our athletes that sign up for our a la carte programs, like one day clinics or short-term classes, we might have three to 400 of them throughout the course of the season who aren't necessarily committed to the full year membership, but are participating in some events, whether it's a one day event or or a short-term program. Talk to me a little bit about the club. So the club, yeah, no, the club offers group workouts three to four times a week. We connect everybody to a Google group communication forum, as well as a new team app, so that everybody could be in communication with one another on a regular basis. Uh, we provide a training plan, like a comprehensive training plan through Training Peaks that athletes can follow on their own. We give them the opportunity to not only attend the group workouts that are coached, but to facilitate coordinating meetups with club members on other days as well so it's it's a great place to just network with other like-minded people and you know whether it's signing up for different races or coordinating ride shares and hotel stays we we have this forum that enables people to uh yeah. be in touch with one
0: another regular. i was part of it for a while actually because i used to go to a lot of your group dinners <laughs> and yeah <laughs> yeah i mean pre-race group dinners that's always fun because i feel like when i was sort of in that phase where i didn't know a lot of athletes and i was just going out with like a friend or two that it was fun to kind of be part of that community so
1: yeah and then we we have a pretty extensive member discount page from our partners and sponsors so uh athletes in the club can benefit from team shop- team shopping nights and hundreds of online deals so we pass along promotions, uh, you know, just exclusive team offers, which are pretty cool. And one thing that's kind of new this past couple of years that we've started doing is we've branched into corporate wellness programs. So we've created a run club for the hospital for structural surgery. Um, We're now working with NYU Langone for, um, you know, creating programming and, and working with their run and cycle analysis fitness center. Um, which is a pretty cool new facility that they've launched. And um, we work with a lot of charities. So like Athletes and Alzheimer's is one that we're working closely with right now to help their athletes prepare for races. So instead of just bringing people into the empire community, we're also working with charities and organizations to, you know, to help their communities thrive as well.
0: That's awesome. That's really great that you're doing that. And I was just going to say, I mean, we've been talking about triathlon, but you also – have expanded beyond triathlon into running. And um, I mean, running is part of triathlon, but I, I've noticed that, you know, it's obviously a separate sport on its own because <laughs> we all know yeah. that running after a bike is not the same as getting up and running a half marathon. So,
1: <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of athletes that will do the New York City Marathon um, that will do Grand Fondo's. Uh, a lot of obstacle course racing. Yeah. One of our coaches is a you know Spartan Death Race champion, and he's done the world's toughest mutter. So he's definitely got a lot of experience with, with obstacle course racing. You know, just any endurance events, swim runs are becoming really big where there's yeah. no bike portion, but it's just swim, run, swim, run, swim, run. We had
0: um, Otelo founder Matt Scott. I'm saying it all wrong, but Otalo founder Matt Scott on the podcast like two years ago with the whole swim run thing. Yeah. That's totally on my vision board, but I have a long way to go. Number one, (laughs) I'm a chicken swimmer. And number two. No, you're not. (laughs) I hate bugs. (laughs) And then, So basically it's trail running and open water swimming, the two things that probably take me the furthest out of my comfort zone. Therefore, it is a must do on my list at some point.
1: Yeah. No, that's on my bucket list as well. It's it's super fun. Another thing that's become pretty big that a lot of our members have gotten into is gravel riding.
0: That's my next so, – yep. I'm totally into yeah. that. I haven't <laughs> tried it yet, but I kind of think it's hard to find gravel in New York City, but – There's actually quite a few places. You just kind of have to know where to go. Ah. Follow Sasha and Strava. You'll find some Oh, is that what Sasha's there. into now? <laughs> gravel? Yeah. But do I have to get but, different – I have to get different tires and a different bike and –
1: Yeah, it's a little bit more involved if you're trying to either have a bike that accommodates both or you're going to switch back and forth. But uh, it's definitely fun. It's it's safe. It's a lot safer than riding on the road.
0: That's what I think. Um, And
1: just give you the opportunity to explore places that you would never see if you were just driving, if you were just riding on the road.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I was just saying to Lori this morning that You know, I I mean, I've been like the word gravel has popped up in at least 10 podcasts over the past like six months from different guests who are doing it. And, you know, I mean, I already have I'm already like, you know, in the on the market or in the market for some new wheels for my bike, my road bike. So I'm kind of still on that path. But I definitely see gravel in my future way before swim run. And I'm definitely looking to get more into the century endurance ride space so yeah uh, what are you doing what I mean I know you just said you're pregnant and you're due in October but I'm gonna ask anyway what are you doing right now like what are you doing any races or did you do any races this past so I am
1: not at the
0: moment because
1: I think I'm a little bit too far along to be doing any sort of you know major endurance events at this point but I was signed up for the Steamboat Gravel Century Ride in Colorado. Okay. And I was signed up for the Ironman Seventy Point Three World Championships in September in Saint George, which are being deferred to next year instead. Um, those were the big ones, as well as like the Lifetime New York City try. Right. Uh, you you do but, that every year, right?
0: Have you done that every, pretty I much do. every year? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a fun race and it's local. We have so many teammates. I I think at one point we had like 80 or more athletes from our team doing the race.
0: It's kind of like doing the New York city marathon, right? It's like you get to see the city on your bike and running and okay. Swimming in the Hudson, but uh, you know, you get to be in your own city doing the race that is appealing to me.
1: Yeah. And it's a way to like, honestly, if I'm going to be at the race anyways, I'm going to see and be supportive of more of my teammates if I'm on the course with them than if I'm just standing on the sideline somewhere anyways. Yeah. So I see it as an opportunity to like actually in some ways support the athletes by being another face that's on the course. Uh, obviously you're not providing the same level of support, but if they're just flying past you anyways, you're not really supporting them that much. If you're standing there cheering, it's it's yeah. just having
0: people out there to, on the course. You know, that's always nice. Yeah. I love seeing empire tri club kits when I'm out on my bike doing (laughs) during a race I'm like Empire like you're crazy (laughs) because I'm not wearing all of them they're all friendly I do they're always like hey (laughs) what are some of your favorite races that you've done in your time of training and racing and triathlon like would you have an all-time favorite race that you just love and maybe one that you just do every year
1: I would say, I mean, you mentioned Timberman earlier, yes. that's an amazing event. It's just yeah. a beautiful swim. it's I, I like the venue, the whole vibe. it's It's a really pretty place. Um, yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, Cozumel was a pretty spectacular place to race. Uh, it granted it was like the hottest day in history, the day that I happened to race. But that being said, you're swimming, like, with tropical fish and in the most, like, gorgeous venue at- ever. And it's also, like, a very fast and flat course. Yes. So um, that was a super fun event. And I think Al- Escape from Alcatraz is really unique. Did you win I that
0: race, that- like, a couple no. Of times? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, did you PR in your age group? You podiumed, like, what – didn't you? No, that no. was actually one of the races I did really early on in triathlon. Okay. So yeah, I
1: didn't do particularly well, but it's just one of these unique events that you'll never have the opportunity to just like jump off a boat and swim from Alcatraz to the mainland.
0: In shark infested it was water. Also like
1: at the time way out of my comfort zone, yeah. I was like, had never done anything like it. Uh So, I mean, in terms of like just a cool venue, but also like a really... Ch- challenging event to do it it was really fun
0: yeah so I would what's definitely your recommend that. like what's your best sport like if you had to say oh I I don't know I,
1: I I'm guessing at this point probably the bike like over time on it yeah um, I don't consider myself a particularly strong swimmer but when it comes to triathlons I always tend to do fairly well in the swim portion so like I guess that there's, there's so many good runners out there. It's not running. Yeah. Is
0: there, <laughs> is it going phases for you? Like when you started, were you into, were you good at swimming and then you got better at cy- like at cycling or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think over the years I've improved a lot as a cyclist, um, more so than in the other two sports. So I think that over time has become one of my stronger sports. Uh, I think so many athletes come into the sport of triathlon as a runner that's yes. They they definitely excel in the run. I'm not a terrible runner, but it's not where I make up a ton of ground. Uh, and then I guess th- with regards to swimming, it all depends on like how much time I actually swim leading up to a race. <laughs> yeah, because it's really like time in the water. Yeah. I mean, when I was in New York City and swimming with Red Tide, the Masters swim team, I was doing a ton of yardage every week and, you know, it definitely improved when I moved out to the suburbs and I was training a little bit more on my own. Yeah. I didn't swim as well, but I mean, the reality is your swim time is going to be affected by like two minutes. Like it's not like the swim makes it or breaks it. (laughs) Exactly. So I think there's more room for improvement on the bike and the run than, than in the swim.
0: If you're somewhat proficient in the swim already, I feel like the bike is what makes it or breaks it really. I could make up for it. I mean, I've always made up for it on the run for me. But I would it is like in a way I've kind of said with the swim, it is what it is. Like I'm never (laughs) gonna be the fastest swimmer because of so many other things that have nothing to do with swimming. But on the bike, I think I could really, really get a lot better. So I'm just that's Yeah. yeah, that's always and on the run, I mean, you know, that I have that in the bag. Not that I'm the fastest runner but i i'm confident like super confident yeah. in my ability to dig deep and pull in all the energy i need to kind of get faster on the run if my bike isn't great but i do recognize yeah. so do you have any tips for getting better on the bike besides just riding um
1: i think a big a big thing that's very important for triathletes is to Practice putting it all together, not necessarily doing a full swim, bike, run workout all the time, but being able to run efficiently off the bike makes a big difference. So at least every once in a while, I mean, in the, in our tri club plan, we try to include them on a weekly basis, Yeah, some sort of a brick workout where you don't need to go for, you know, a 40 mile bike ride and a six mile run, but it is beneficial to like go for your bike ride and get off and run at least one mile. Right. Just practice, like, how long does it take until I feel like I can run efficiently? So, again, it, the focus of your brick run is not on the amount of time you spend running. It's on how quickly you can get up to speed. Yes. And then yeah. that's kind of it. It's yeah. it, it can be a 15-minute run and you're done.
0: Yeah. I have a break today. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I have an hour and a half. focus on that. Focus
1: on like during your break today, like don't go run for 30, 35 minutes, run for 10 or 15 minutes, but make it
0: a really good, efficient run. That's great advice. Thank you. Historically over the years, Empire Tri Club has hosted a training camp for athletes in Martha's Vineyard, Memorial Day weekend, typically, right? Yeah. And so yeah. are you are you back to doing that this summer and are you growing that component of Empire Tri Club? Yes. Um we grew it significantly
1: just before COVID and then had to put things on hold. We're not quite back yet in terms of um having our next event on the calendar yet. Uh a lot of it's just logistical. A lot of it's just like many of the places that we've started hosting our camps like it it's our, our international. So we, we need to just see the state of not only our own community, but like how COVID is affecting other areas as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we hosted two camps in Majorca. We hosted a Bermuda swim camp, a snowbird Utah ski and snowboard trip. Um, and then we've expanded our Martha's Vineyard camps to not just host our Memorial Day camp that's more open to everybody, but we've started hosting an Ironman focused training weekend, which typically is Labor Day weekend, uh, allowing athletes who want to get in like longer mileage and more focused training specific to Ironman distance um, to put that on on the map. So was that in Lake Placid
0: you do that or where do you do that one? No, that's on Martha's Vineyard as well. We
1: might be doing Lake Placid. We also might be doing a gravel camp in Steamboat, Colorado. Hmm. So there's a lot of you know things in the works that we're not quite set on yet, but are definitely being talked about.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, this has been so great. I hope uh, I hope I see you sometime between you know the next year. I know. Where, me too. Are Come you to gonna, <laughs>
1: Are you going to be? Uh, we plan to be at the New York City try. Um, we have a lot of athletes doing the New Jersey State try. Uh, I believe we'll be at Staten Island and War of the Shore down in Long Branch.
0: What's War so of the Shore?
1: Cool it's um, it's a sprint in June that a lot oh, of athletes are doing. Cool, fun. And then um, the Tough Man try in Harriman State Park in September. Should I do that?
0: What? Yes. Is, what? Yes, I should do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything in September. I don't know. Do what is it? Uh, what is Tough Man? It sounds challenging. What's the distance? <laughs>
1: So that's the race I was telling you about earlier that oh. offers a lot of different options. Okay. So I believe there's a sprint and an Olympic as well as the Half Iron National Championships. Got it. And they're also, in addition to the try, they're offering like a swim run, a bike run, a swim bike. Like there's literally any combination of events that you could do. Oh, so, wow. So
0: Yeah. I it's mean, a fun it, – it sounds like a fun race. Like it's not – I mean, is. outside of the national competition. But Yeah. But the good thing about
1: the national thing is that, A, it attracts a lot of different people from around the, the country to participate. So it kind of makes it more of like a fun, bigger event. And not only that, it offers something for the more competitive athletes on the team that are looking for that challenge to try to compete on Team USA or, or make a world championship race. So. Uh, it, it offers that, but it's not exclusive to that. That's like there's cool. a
0: lot of different,
1: it's a whole weekend of racing. Wow.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. And obviously the swim is in Harriman Lake or not obviously.
1: Uh, I'm not sure which lake they're using, probably Lake Welsh or Lake Sebago, okay. but I don't know offhand.
0: Well, this has been so great. So maybe I'll see you at Tough Man. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was great Yeah, this with is you. so much fun <laughs> to catch up and I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on you. your new family edition. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram, and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I wanna hear from you. Email me, moneyonthemove one at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you wanna hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.